Welcome back to Dev3 Podcast, a podcast about everything web development. This is episode 24. I'm Sean Willis, or the co-host Isaac Weber. What's going on? What's up, man? It's good to be back. Uh, I think we've said this like five times now that we were going to get back on track with this podcast. Yeah, but you have a legit excuse, right? I How guess. How old is your baby now? My son is five months old now. Yeah, I'll give you some slack. Yeah, we'll use that as the excuse. Why not? Totally. What are we talking about today, man? Yeah, I figured we'd just catch up, um, see what we're doing work-wise and how we're doing life-wise. And, uh, and then maybe if we have time at the end, I'm kind of curious about your experience with with like manager feedback slash boss feedback. Um, I'm at a bigger company now that does like one-on-ones and I, I had a one-on-one today that was interesting. So I, I was curious about your, your feedback there. For sure, man, we'll dive into it. So just catching up on everything, it's been our last podcast we published was March 11th. And today's September 23rd on a Friday. Um, for me personally, we're in a new house now. That's right. So, like, tell me the story again, because like you, you like your in-laws had some land that was available, and then you're like, yeah, let's do that, or like, yeah, break it down. Yeah, it's a wild story. There's a there's a spiritual aspect to it. I'll try to keep the whole thing brief unless you got questions about it. But from the spiritual standpoint, I'm a Christian. It felt like the Lord was calling us to make a change. Didn't know it was going to end up in this season where we're living in the same land as her parents, but but it did. Um, so in January is when I felt like, hey, things are going to, things are starting to change and there's something coming. So we started prepping all the books personally. Um, started me and the wife started having conversations about okay well what is the next steps and we knew selling the house was one of them we knew um selling the cars was another one now looking back we don't we sold that house and i don't mind disclosing numbers but you can edit it out if you want the house we sold we sold at the peak of the market right before interest rates hit five right before um the market started slowing down the housing market is starting to like the the houses that are being put on market and then like buyers are starting to decline we sold it at the peak of that man it was pretty nuts and yeah, we walked away with enough to pay like i woke up on my birthday debt free that's incredible yeah it was it was nuts and so um yeah, that's completely changed our living situation. And the house that we're living in now is her parents, and they're building on the same property. Just our whole finances have just been completely when you don't have debt, dude, it's a completely different ball game. It's like you got a huge raise. It really is. Yeah. I mean, we're my wife and I are like we're we're going for that we just paid off her <clears throat> student debt and we really just have our car payment and our house payment now yeah we the arrangement we have is the land is a it takes a lot to keep it up five acres and yeah. so 
we've the arrangement is um we're just kind of pay like a maintenance fee to them and they they any maintenance that needs to be done on the property goes comes from that yeah the only debt we have now so after we sold those two cars we i was looking at something for like twenty three thousand dollars a van but everything that you could buy for 23 dude it's different now than it was maybe five years ago so we ended up going putting using as a down payment and our payment now on the car is like 360 360 mm. on a van gotcha. uh, that's my payment right now wait so you sold all your cars yeah well we just had two but yeah that mazda's gone we had a lease mazda um and then the tesla that model y is gone do you still have the model three no i sold that in december of last year because so you it, don't have a tesla anymore i don't have a tesla i got the cybertruck on reserve oh, which oh, it should man. come next june july dude that's the only debt that's worth it <laughs> yeah it'll it was uh well so i don't even think we talked about this but the model y was in a uh, it was in a fender bender one of the guys that rented it on Turo. Oh yeah, I think back, I remember you saying that. Still broke even on that car. Really? Sold it for over twenty seven hundred. Wow. Even with the fender bender, I didn't fix it, and they said they said it was fine. Huh. So I still walked out positive on the situation, but yeah. Do you miss the uh, the the Tesla? I mean that van suits a family of two. When you got two kids, and that second one is like, you need any tool at your expense, like as possible, to get you to to a better like process of like how you handle the daily in and out of the grind. Getting in and out of a van, and uh, it's just suited for a car seat. It's suited for the kids. Yeah is it what kind is it like the van that's got like the the like automatic doors and yeah like yeah pulled back seats and all that yeah. yeah dude that is nice there's there's something very convenient about that and i i resisted getting a a minivan we ended up getting an suv that's like similar features i guess but it doesn't have like the the automatic door so I yeah know, i think second you, baby will probably get one yeah when you get a second baby it's like okay it, there's it, just so much stuff yeah. yeah so much stuff <laughs> but when we so we we took uh we've gone on like two or three trips now since i've mo since we've moved like every month we go somewhere now because we have the money yeah and so um driving a, like a trip in the van versus the model y even is is better like the yeah. van it just holds so much dude we were maxed out on the model y space even though it was a ton of space with two kids it's it's you just need more especially yeah. with a 20 month old when they get older you're not going to need as much space but right now right yeah you don't need like the stroller and the car seat and the baby bag and the wagon we got a wagon to carry yeah, yeah. ridiculous i believe it <laughs> yeah no that's that's crazy so i mean what uh like are you planning on just living in that house and then they will live in the house they build yeah man so the kids are getting to, to hang out with their grandparents a lot more 
it's uh i was a little concerned about just you know what i mean just living closer to parents but they're dude they're the best grandparents to to be close to so yeah that's good yeah Yeah. i mean living close to family can be i don't know it can be a great thing or it can be really bad (laughs) yeah yeah my my wife and i are trying to decide whether we move closer to family we uh we we like it in nashville a lot but like we've i really love colorado and i have family out there and so i was like man i kind of want to live out in colorado and there was there was going to be an opportunity for us to buy some land in colorado but that ended up not panning out but yeah yeah, yeah family um makes it a whole different thing yeah it definitely helps when you got family family around yeah Cool. Well, um, yeah, let's jump into like just work life stuff. Like what, how's work been, man? Oh man. It's, uh, you mentioned the whole manager feedback thing. I I guess adjusting to the, the, the baby girl has been a challenge and the older she's getting, like she's having like the terrible twos episodes. Mm. So January, February, I got some like negative feedback and it was actually really good it got me in a place where i was like taking i i I don't know you can sometimes negative feedback is what you need to kind of kick you back into gear yeah and um it's like okay you can either swallow that or run away from it and i I choose to just swallow it and, and and like learn from it and grow yeah i think it's it's one of those things that like I don't know. It's 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 easy to take it personally because it's like, you know, you it's you're you're invested in this job and it's like your craft, you know, and and it's hard to be told where you're lacking sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. like for for context, if for those who don't know, like it's pretty common in in tech companies or really any company to bigger company to have like one-on-one sessions with your your employees and so it's usually like a manager will schedule a time every week uh, on a certain day for like 30 minutes just to like say hey like what's going on in your life like how can we help you like maybe give you some critiques like things like that um and and so that's kind of what we're talking about is just the our experience with that and like the i guess the uh like doesn't necessarily have to be negative feedback but i think that's usually what sticks out is is like the feedback that that needs to make us better and and uh yeah that's always a tough thing to hear for sure yeah i so it was last year or two years ago our company we started getting like i started hearing negative feedback but there was no check-in and so i like push for it i push for more meetings it's like okay well what is it like i want to know ahead of the game if i'm on track if i'm meeting the needs of the company right yeah our and so they started scheduling like these quarterly check-ins so like before before you get into that sean like I'm, i'm curious what i guess like what was the it sounds like there was like a breakdown of communication with you about the that your work or, or at least feedback on your work so like where did that start or like where did you start to see uh negative feedback like outside of the context of a one-on-one 
Yeah, it was in, I mean, you see, like if it's usually comes, negative feedback comes when the productivity is an issue, right? Yeah. If you're if you're producing features either on time or ahead of time, then you're more than likely not going to get any negative feedback, right? But in a real-world scenario, there's just features that are going to be difficult, right? There's going to be features where uh, it may take longer. And communication, I think, is key ahead of time. You know what I mean? Like the sooner you know something's going to be an issue, um, staying at the forefront of it. The um, And then like if the expectation from your employer is too high, like they're, they're putting unrealistic expectations on your, your team, which obviously that was, uh, that was another part of the communication, which the negative feedback that came back on me, it ended up being – there was too much, there was a too high of an expectation on the entire team. Mm. And when we did a retrospect, uh, like a retro, the entire team was saying, Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling stressed. And there's two, the tickets are too big. Even now we have retros where tickets are, are, they're just hard. Sometimes they're just really hard to break up. Like I have one where I need to refactor our MUI uh, styles and um to take on i think it's this this more typescript tss react i think is the um uh, is the library we're pulling in so we can update to react 18. that pr the way we're doing that one because it's going to be so massive is we'll break up i'm going to do multiple PRs. so i'll be um creating a pr based on certain folders and then pushing up being reviewed handling it that way but yeah the a lot of the breakdown in communication comes from like a oh like that expectation man if if the more you communicate the better on both ends right and if the expectation is too high then is it uh who's end on is it like you know what i mean one of the things i do though for feature building if i'm stuck is i'll time box it and and reach out to somebody else like there was one feature where i just didn't know the direction i should take and i knew i was about to start spinning my wheels so i posted in the general channel and was like hey this is my approach and this is what i'm about to try if someone has any tips or anything that could prevent me from like spinning my wheels feel free to ping me and somebody did and it's it it definitely saved me time yeah i think that's that's really good like it's a matter of communication and on, on both ends not only like business side but also um just like the amount of work that you're doing i think my company does a pretty good the company i work for does a pretty good job <clears throat> in in uh managing the workload i guess and and doing a good job of like breaking down what what needs to be done like um my manager tommy he he's he's very good about like pushing against the business side or anybody else that's like creating uh more work for us than needs to be done in that moment so like usually you know we work in our sprint so that's like one week of work right and and each each item in that sprint is is like a, has a 
a point system. And so if we're like inflating this, the, the sprint with like more to-do list items and stuff like that, then it's like, it, it kind of takes away from, from other products, stuff that we're doing. And so like there, there's always a give and a take, right? Like the business people have to understand that, uh, or the, the customer, whoever you're delivering to, they have to understand that, like, you know, these developers only have so much bandwidth. So it could be like, yeah, I could go fix that bug right now, but that means that this feature won't get out in another week or so, or like stuff like that. Right. And yeah. And so like the, I think it's, it's important uh, to communicate the, the give and the take and the pros and the cons, I guess, of, of like the, the solution, right? Like you could spend all day on something refactoring and, you know, like I could literally spend like a week just refactoring one thing, but is that going to, to serve the greater good? Is it, you know, like yeah. there's, there's always these trade-offs that we're making with our code because like, you know, I could, we, we could all kind of like create these awesome, you know, systems and stuff like that. But if it's not actually creating any, like you're not pushing the product forward, then it's like, you're, you're kind of doing a disservice to to the the business side and and also with the business side if they're you know constantly pushing features down your throat it's like well that can't that can't happen either so yeah it's it's definitely a give and take and and uh like i think having a good structure in place of like managers and then team leads and then like individual contributors that can um like it like if you could think of that as almost like the funnel for work it'd be like pro like product people then managers then it, you know that that goes to the manager then the next line of work goes to the team lead the team lead distributes the the work among the the individual contributors and so like all of those things are in place because of these reasons that like you know if if you just have like the the product person coming to you directly as the developer and be like, Hey, I want this cool new feature. It's like, well, no, we got to prioritize it. We got to like, we got a time box that we, you know, like all these different things that like, we got to make sure that there's systems in place to make sure that we're not like overworking ourselves, but also we're not under delivering, I guess. Um, yeah, it's kind of a long winded, winded way of saying like better communication is key. <laughs> Yeah, priority finding out what's priority is definitely going to be beneficial in both areas. Like if there's complaints from managers, if there's complaints from product, really anybody, communication is going to help break that down. And um, and because it's a, it's a realigning of the expectations, and once everybody's on the same page, that and and you know, okay. I'm making this priority because this is what we all agreed to, right? And which can be hard because sometimes with working in an agile environment, it, it changes per day, some sometimes per hour, what priorities, what what takes precedence, right? If you all of a sudden run into a bug or you find some other issue in a different ticket, it's like, okay, this is out of scope. The way we handle that is, is it going to take an hour to two or three hours? If it is, if it's not going to take more than a day, like an hour to three hours, yeah, go ahead and fix it, right? Um, it'll push the ticket back a little bit, but now that's resolved. Um, so that's, that's one way how we handle it. If it's going to take longer than a day, we usually will create a ticket and then... Yeah pushing into the next sprint which we do two week sprints actually yeah yeah and e each team is different i mean like 
you have to be able to understand uh get at a get to a place where you can understand the effort um of of a thing and and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's easy you know like it like all of our time like tracking is is estimations but like at least there's something to to kind of like yeah i've done this sort of thing before so i know it's only going to take this long or or it could be like a straight up i have no idea so i'm just going to give a super wild guess and like you make that known you know so uh yeah it's it's really just about communication and like that that i think that will always be a hard thing when people are involved like no what matter what you do to alleviate that where he's like i have no idea we'll create some type of like a research ticket so yeah, yeah it's, that's exactly what we do and investigate. yeah investigate it I, in my last job i call it going into d mode of just like hey i don't know let me find going into out d mode yeah. what does that mean like defense no i, I honestly forgot <laughs> what did for now. demo mode uh Mode. Ah, that's hilarious i brought it up and you called me out on it <laughs> yeah i used to call it d mode i don't even know what it's called now i don't know why i said d it stand it stood for something that made sense now it doesn't <laughs> okay. anyway, um anyway oh discovery mode so discovery just, yeah right. so that's this it's this time period of like okay what is the necessary parts that i need to put this together it's um a developer flowchart can sometimes help in that aspect. Like I've I've gotten more into developer flowcharts that have um, that have helped me break down the data flow and the logic that's needed to accomplish that task. And then you can use that chart to communicate to uh, management or business or other senior guys. Yeah, for sure. Like any any tools to to help that to better understand like the the task at hand i think is is awesome and so i you know i i wanted to get back to like the feedback portion of it um and i i i realized that that's like communication right and and i'll i'll just say like what one of my the critiques my manager gave me literally just today was like um like we're we're pushing out these features there's a bunch of features we're we're working on um well there's one feature we're working on but there's a lot of different pieces moving pieces with this and like there's there's a lot of pressure to get this out and and so like in because of that pressure i've been like not doing my due diligence in like making sure that things were were like up to snuff i guess like uh for instance one of my prs um had had like lorem ipsum in it <laughs> in one of the in one of the like uh blocks of code which is, if you don't know what that is it's literally just like gibberish text for like placeholder right. and i like didn't update it based on the design and, and like i was just in a in a flurry like trying to get things out you know and so like that definitely goes along the lines of like communication for sure but i i think it uh like it, it's hard to find that balance sometimes of like how much should i be like really diligent about what i'm coding and like you know doing every little thing to make sure that i'm like doing the right thing or like just pushing things up for the sake of like getting it up because we need it up i i don't know like i, I struggle with that balance and that that was what the the critique was essentially was like i'm i'm moving too fast like i'm doing too much 
uh, without checking in. And so, yeah, like, and, and that was a fair critique. Like, I think there was like multiple things that, that I just missed, um, and didn't, didn't do right. And, and, you know, I think part of my pushback could be that I actually didn't push back on, um, <laughs> that my pushback could be like, well, I need more time to work on this. Like I need, like, I, I need to be able to feel comfortable in, in like taking the time to make sure that, that these things are getting done, which, um, you know, I think if I were more clear about that, it would be given to me, but I wasn't. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's about that communication and, and yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it, the I think the other underlining part of that is senior devs are are expected to get things done within like a day or three four hours. Like, hey, go get this task done, right? And yeah. in reality, those those features, if you really break them down, it's like, hey, this could be actually be a week. This could be three days just to get this one feature resolved. And even senior guys that have been working in our company. 10 20 years they'll take a few days to work on features right they don't just get it done in a day and those guys are blazing through code and so it's just like the that that communication up front the the sooner the better for sure um it all it always alleviates that stress of like trying to get something done yeah and it's like it's one of those things that it's tempting to, I don't know, as a senior person, it's it's almost tempting to like, I don't know, whip things out and like be a little bit too confident in yourself. I don't know. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm I get put in my place pretty quickly whenever I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a good developer. <laughs> yeah, our team's good about keeping our egos in check, and uh, I think that's that's helpful. Sure. yeah you are definitely not fallible and or in infallible is that the infall yeah you're definitely not infallible so it's important to to have a team that will cut you down every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a there's a difference between like constructive feedback and it's just like dude that was way too personal of a of you know what i mean some some comments in NPRs can take it too far. It's like, okay, I think your your emotions may be getting the best of you. Maybe let's jump on a call and talk through. <laughs> like, let's take yeah. a let's take a uh, break, maybe from your code. That we've we've had experiences in that as well. It's just like people's emotions can run rampant sometimes, and you have to. Um, so jumping a call that's all it dude face to face always helps oh yeah for sure I mean I literally just had this with my a co-worker where I like the con like if you just read the slack messages you would think like wow this guy's mad at me <laughs> and, then, and then like you know we we were on a call later and he was like totally fine so yeah it's it's for me it's really hard to not like read into things because mm -hmm. like I'm always just like like I don't know, I, I'm insecure about that kind of thing. Where I'm like, oh, am I like, am I doing something wrong here? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. And like being remote is not helpful either in that regard. Like, like being in person is always better for context, especially PRs and Slack messages and stuff. It's like, oh, like that was kind of me, <laughs> but really they didn't mean it to be mean. 
So yeah, general general rule of thumb I have if it's it, it, if it becomes where like like oh this that seemed a little off, I always jump on a call with the guy, and I've even had some guys apologizing like hey. I didn't eat breakfast or something <laughs> like <laughs> I'm a little more grumpy. Didn't mean for that to sound the way it did. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And some people is just jumping on a call. It's like, Hey, did you mean this or did you mean that? Some people don't even mean to, to come across a certain way. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's finding that balance. Personality, and that soft skill. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I usually try to leave like little, smiley faces and stuff to make it like you know let people know that i'm not mad yeah but cool well, i think uh that wraps it up if you uh if you have anything else then i think we're good that's it for me thanks again for listening and watching now we can put this on video if we want to dev theory podcast a podcast about everything web development i'm sean willis for the co-host isaac weber thanks